So, today is what? Come on, everybody. It's Palm Sunday. You know, this is one of the accounts in the Bible that's in all four Gospels. It's in everyone. And it's funny, before and after in all, of all four Gospels, there's a different rendition of things. This, this part, when he rode in on the donkey, is pretty much the same in all of them. But before and after, it is a little different. And we're going to focus on a lot of that today, the before and after, what was happening, the people's response to Jesus, and, and what was really going on. So we're going to, if you'll stand with me, we're going to read in John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19, and it's titled, Jesus' Triumphant Entry. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey, rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about the miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. And Lord, that's why we're here today. That's what Maggie was shouting. Lord, that we would come after you, that we just abandon the things of this world and we would come after you with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind. And I pray that you would steer us today, our hearts, God, that we would hear from heaven. And Lord, I pray right now an open heart, an open heart for every person. God, that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying so that we can respond to you, Holy Spirit, and we could be right where you want us to be. That transformation take place in each one of our lives today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. There's a lot going on here, as I said. You know, one group is, you know, they're praising God. Another group wants him dead. And they also want Lazarus dead. They decided, well, we're going to kill Jesus. We're going to kill Lazarus too. Because, you know, they were stealing people from the priest. The, um, the following of the priest was dwindling down. That means their money was going down. Their authority, their power was going down. And then, um, you know, Jesus had just been anointed with real fine oil. This really great oil. Mary anointed him, wiped his feet with her hair. Huh? Try that. You got long hair. Yeah, there we go. Judas Iscariot was mad because he, he could have sold that oil and got a lot of money. You know, he was a treasurer of the money that, that came in to, for Jesus, and he stole money from the treasury. This is all in these, these passages around it. He stole money that he collected from the ministry. There's a lot happening here. And, and, I, and I just 
I read all around, like I said, in the Gospels, this story. So in the midst of all this, though, and it even said it in their passage, Jesus fulfills prophecy. He fulfills two prophecies. If the seven prophecies that he fulfilled, and that's just a portion of what he fulfilled, it's like one to the 17th power that any one person could could fulfill seven prophecies. I mean, it is so miraculous, the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, even these two right here in the midst of this, Psalms 118 verse 19, you know, is quoted in verse 13 in this passage. And then again in verse 15, a quote from Zechariah 9.9 is said. So these prophetic words concerning Jesus are being fulfilled. And it's amazing. It is miraculous. It, this is, you know, I know that when I get a prophetic word and I see it fulfilled in my life, man, I get so excited. I'm just like over the top excited because I know that God spoke through somebody to me and it happened. And I get pumped, Scott. I get like, yes. I, I, you know, so when it, when it comes at me, when it's spoken to me, I, I receive it and I start strategizing for, with God. Amen. I start believing. I don't just say, oh, hey, man, I got a great prophetic word today. And then come back another meeting. Hey, I got a great prophetic word. No, I want my prophetic words to happen. Amen. Amen. I want them to be fulfilled. And Jesus is seeing them fulfilled. And we're not talking like a couple of months. We're talking hundreds of years after these prophecies were given, Jesus is fulfilling them. It's miraculous. Um, But Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. Wow. You know, it wasn't the first person he raised from the dead, but it was the first person that was in a tomb for four days that he raised from the dead. You know, and everybody was astonished. Everybody came out to see that. Oh my gosh. And, and everybody wanted to follow Jesus after that because they began thinking this guy could be the Messiah. You know, and they, they started, the people that were out there went and they told everybody, you got to see this guy. He just rose Lazarus from the dead after four days. It was totally miraculous what happened. And so they're getting pumped up. They're thinking our deliverer is here. Now on the other side of this day, we know that Jesus, he was the Messiah. Amen. And he came not just to save Israel, but all of mankind to bring us back to God. The issue at this time for everybody is that he was not coming as they wanted. How many of you have ever put an expectation on God and it it didn't go the way you planned? Really? Not as many people raise their hand on that one, Tim, though. <laughs> but the issue at this time was that he wasn't coming as they wanted. This is how they went from celebrating him as king to shouting, crucify him. Crucify him. You know, in one hand, they're laying down their coats. They're saying, the king, Hosanna, Hosanna. He's come to save us. To crucify him, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. See, they were looking to be delivered from Roman rule. See, they were looking for a Moses. 
See how Moses went in and he delivered them from Egypt. They were looking for Jesus to be that deliverer, to get them out from Roman rule. They weren't looking for a deliverer of their soul. They weren't looking for deliverance from demons. They were looking for somebody to deliver them from the Romans. And they thought Jesus was that guy because of what he did with Lazarus. But we know that he came to deliver us from sickness and disease, amen? He came to deliver us from the devil himself. He came to deliver us from bondage and possession, amen? It's not what they were looking for. They were looking for the Romans to leave. But how many of you know that Jesus is more concerned with your heart? He's more concerned with your heart. So how do you handle it? when things go differently than you want them to. Thousands of people, this is thousands where people were there. And they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna. God save us, God save us. They threw down the palm branches, the robes for Jesus to come in as king. They shouted and they celebrated him coming in. And he let them recognize him as king. Before he tell people, don't tell anybody. Just go show yourself to the priest, but don't tell anybody who did it. He just tried to not get the credit for things. But this day, he came in. He let them recognize him as a king instead of telling them to be quiet. But he rode in on a donkey that had never been ridden as he came into town. Never been ridden. He didn't come in on a noble steed, high and mighty. He came in lowly on a donkey, humble, as a humble servant. But yet, he is the king of kings, amen? He is the king of kings, amen? But after all the praising, a few days later, Jesus was arrested. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was mocked. He had a crown of thorns pushed down on his head. They punished him. They put a robe over his head and smacked him around and said, prophesy to who hit you. Till he was beaten and bloody. They punished him hard. And this is what the priest and the religious rulers wanted. The priest, they hated Jesus. Even though he was the one they were waiting for to come, they hated him. Because they would lose money, they'd lose power if Jesus stayed around. They, they needed him to go. They wanted him dead. They wanted Lazarus dead because he was proof that he was the Messiah. The people cheered him as king, now saw him suffering by the Romans, the one he's supposed to liberate them from. I'm sure they got very discouraged. Wait, he's, he's our deliverer. How are they, how's this happening? But as I said, what Jesus came to liberate them from was from the hands of the enemy, from the enemy himself. To make a way for us to go to God the Father and have relationship with him is the plan. He came to pay the price for all of our sins. Everybody say all. All. Every single one of them he came to pray. He to pay the price for our disease. All of them, every disease he came to pay the price for. He took it all to the cross so that we don't have to bear it. And you say, yeah, but I got disease. Get rid of it. (laughs) Give it back to the devil. I'm sure God don't want it, but Jesus paid the price for it. So let's just get rid of it. Amen. 
This is what he came for. This is what he wanted. And this is how we miss things. Even his very disciples missed what was happening. They had walked with him and were taught by him for three and a half years. And they still missed it. One of his team sold him out to the priest. 30 pieces of silver, sold him out. See, I, I think in, in Ron King's thinking, I'm not so hard on Judas, but I, I think that Judas knew he was the king of kings. But Judas, like many of the people that day, were looking for deliverance from the Romans. And so I believe that G Judas sold him out so that Jesus would have to step up and take his place. But Jesus didn't step up that way. He had told the disciples many times, I must die. And I'll be resurrected in three days. He told them that. But I believe that Judas wanted him to take his place as the king of the Jews. And when it didn't go the way that it pl he planned, what did he do? He committed suicide. He committed suicide. And then one of his team members denied him three times. How do you handle it when things don't go the way you thought they would? When God doesn't respond the way you think he should? You know, you got Judas that kills himself. You know what the 12th leading cause of death is in America? Suicide. Suicide. In 2020, 45,979 Americans died by suicide. And there were 1.2 million known, att known attempts. Not counting the ones that took pills and then they woke up later going, oh man. Things didn't go the way Judas thought. He even gave him back all the money. He took the money and he threw it to the priest. And um, he, he just couldn't believe what was happening. And then he went out and he hung himself. And then he, he fell down into the rocks and his guts spilled out everywhere. And then they, the priest took that money and they bought that field. They call it Potter's Field. He lost all hope. He lost all hope when they saw, he saw what they did to Jesus. And he didn't know how to deal with it. And I see in the world today, a lot of people losing hope. A lot of people losing hope right now. That they feel hopeless with what's going on and they feel like they're not gonna get anywhere and, and many people have committed suicide and, and it's just gotta be a different way. There's gotta be a different way. We've got to express the hope of Jesus Christ to people. Have you ever thought about committing suicide? That's a crazy way to go. You know, there's nothing worse than being called and saying, hey, my son committed suicide. It's terrible. I hate them phone calls. What could we have done? Give them hope. Give them hope. Jesus, 
Jesus is our hope, amen? See, and we, we've got we've to be those people that, that live it out to where people say, why are you different? Why are you okay right now? Why are you doing all right? Why are you getting along okay? Aren't you depressed? Aren't you bummed out about everything that's going on? Aren't you just so worried about the society and where things are going? No, I'm not worried. I have Jesus. We pay a lot for gas. That's, so what? I mean, I don't like it, but how does that matter in our lives? How does that even compare to what we're talking about? We're talking about eternity, but people get depressed over the things happening in our society and they get overwhelmed by it and then they lose hope and then they take, them, take their own life. But we have to be the light that shows them the hope, amen? We've got to be the one that goes out and gives them hope. We've got to be the one that says, hey, there's another way. There is another way and we've got to be able to share it. Then you have all the people shouting for his crucifixion. They turned away from Jesus because he's not who they thought he was. Give us Barabbas. Give us the murderer. Give us that other guy. Maybe he'll stand up and he'll fight for us. Kill Jesus. Crucify him. And we know on the other side of things that that was God's plan for Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. But those people didn't understand that. Their hearts were hard. And they turned on Jesus in a week. Then you also had the disciples who went into hiding and hid. They stopped showing up for the meetings. They, they, they didn't stand with Jesus. They hid in their homes. That's what the enemy is trying to do right now is to get people to hide, to get people to stay in their homes. You know, I feel, I feel bad for seniors whose kids are telling them, stay in your home. Don't leave the house. Don't leave your house. <laughs> you don't have to listen to your kids. <laughs> tell you that right now. <laughs> I don't listen to my kids. I do what I want. <laughs> I do what God tells me to do, amen? That's what I'm going. I'm going where God tells me to go. Do what he tells me to do. I remember my mama said, Oh, Ron, you, you can't go to Pakistan. I'm thinking, first off, I'm a grown man. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't buy my ticket till my mom said, okay. Till my wife said, okay. Just happened to be the same day they said, okay. Because somebody prophesied to me that I would go to 18 nations Alonda says, we can't stop it. Go ahead and go. My mom said, here's some money. She bought my ticket. <laughs> Roberta and Dave bought my ticket. They said, I hate that you go to Pakistan. Here's a check. <laughs> Fulfill the prophetic word. But what COVID has tried to do is disconnect us from each other, to disconnect us from gathering together. Now, how many of you got, had COVID? Look around. Just keep your hands up and look around. Wait, we all had COVID. Who cares? We all did. And we just keep running, right? 
We just keep coming. How many of you have ever stopped going to Walmart? There was not one hand raised. You don't go to Walmart though. <laughs> so, I said, stop going to Walmart. Or did you stop going to the grocery store? Anybody never go to a grocery store for a year, two years? Why? Because you had to eat. That's why, you know, when they, when they tell us to stay home and everything, I know at the beginning it was a little freaky deaky. I mean, you know, you're, you didn't know. I mean, because I've seen that movie, um, Contagion. And you're like, oh, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going home. You know, but then you, you sit at home and you're thinking, what the world am I doing at home? Pack everything back up and come to the church. You know, we're meeting out in the parking lot. And I said, you know what? We're going to go in service, do our online meeting. The side door will be open. And then 35 people came in. I'm like, well, maybe we ought to just open up. So that's what we do. We just open up and then we just been doing church. But COVID made it easier to just stay home. I mean, people started watching services online, better preachers than me. They just started watching them online. You're like, oh man, this guy's my pastor now. It's like, no, good for you. I bet he won't call you. I bet he won't come see you when you're sick. But that's what happened. And, and, and I, my question, maybe, maybe it's an online question. I'm looking at this camera right here. And maybe it's an online question. Have you been in hiding? See, because that's what the disciples did. When things got tough, when things got rough, they went into hiding. Have you been in hiding? Have you been hiding from the Lord, from the assembling together? Have you been afraid? You got to break off the fear, if anything. You got to break off the fear. Even if you don't like me, come. Too many amens right there. <laughs> I love you too, honey. <laughs> well, then you got Peter. You got Peter. He hung around to see what was happening. You know, he's in the fringe, fringes, just looking, like sitting in the foyer, just looking to see what happens. You know, I kind of feel like Adam and Eve when, when they were, because they were together at the tree. And I kind of felt like Adam stood there to watch what would happen. And Eve took that apple or whatever it was and she ate it and she didn't fall over dead. Give me that thing. And I kind of feel like, you know, uh, Peter, he's hanging around to see what will happen. And then somebody goes, oh, you're one of them. You're one of those Galileans. I am not. <laughs> Changed his voice, got deeper. I'm not. Talk like a Roman or something, you know. Then another person comes, oh, you're one of those, his disciples. I am not. And then another one says, oh, you're one of his disciples. I'm not one of his disciples. I don't even know the man. I can't stand him. Then he hears the cock crow and he's like, oh my gosh. I just did it. 
Have you ever denied Jesus? You know, I, I sat and I contemplated that this week. Have I ever denied Jesus? And, and you know what I came to the conclusion was, is I would never say that I denied Jesus. I would never verbalize denying Jesus. But my lifestyle did. My lifestyle denied him. I still came to church. But the way I lived denied him. I didn't have to say I denied Christ. I remember my mom walking up to me and she saying, I'm drinking a beer at her house. This is, trust me, this is many years ago, okay? <laughs> Over 30 years ago. Over 30, maybe around 33, 35 years ago. And I'm at my mom's house and I'm drinking a beer. I'm standing in the kitchen talking to mom. And she, she looks at me and she says, you remember when the Lord called you to be a pastor? That's what it felt like. Like she just stabbed me. I just put the beer down and walked away. Can I get the band to come back? But have you been denying Jesus by your lifestyle? Anybody here today? It came a point in my life where I had to come to this altar and I had to repent of all, all my sins. Certain things I asked God to take away because I really wanted to go with God. It was in my heart to follow him. But I felt trapped by my lifestyle. I had to surrender my will, my mind, my emotions to him. It could no longer be about me. It had to be about Jesus. That had to be my focus. And I know that when I came to Jesus, I, I let go of a lot of things. Took time on some others, but I let go of a lot of things and, and I just gorged myself on Jesus. His word, his way of doing things, his way of being right. Judas, though, he wanted his way. Peter thought he was so strong he would never deny Christ. The crowd was easily swayed into saying, crucify him. From the grand entrance to the cross. From this day to Friday, there was a turning. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15, it says this. It says, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshiped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. In verse 15, it says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, 
then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we'll serve the Lord. We'll serve the Lord. There are two options here. Other gods or the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's up to you who you serve. If you're saying today that you'll not let the enemy take your life, that you'll not abandon Jesus, that you'll not deny him, I ask that you would stand right now in this house today. If you're saying that, I'm not going to I'm not going to be, I'm letting go. I'm not going to be moved by this other stuff. Just stand to your feet right now. And, and let's gather here at the altar today. You know, if you have a hard time standing, come sit on the front row. But let's gather here and let's lay our lives down here at the altar saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not giving up. I may not understand everything. I may not get everything. But today, I'm making a stand for Jesus. I'm not going to be like those disciples who left him. I'm not going to be like Peter who denied him. I'm not going to be like Judas who committed suicide because he didn't get it. Because he was missing out. Come on, get close. Come get close so everybody can get in. Get close. Come up to right to the steps. Come to the altar. It's okay. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Bring it up.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 